Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Dr. Wes Bellamy, who is a city councilman here in the city of Charlottesville, Virginia. He has been a leading advocate for the removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee that was the focus of a racist riot here in 2017. Wes Bellamy has just published a book called Monumental. It was never about a statue. Uh, Dr. Bellamy, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me, good brother. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Thanks for writing this book. Um, in, in, I think, some good news, we just saw that Corey Stewart, the Republican Senate candidate who rallied around that statue, has left politics. Uh, you may. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, so, so it wasn't about a statue. What was it about? Well, in my opinion, I think that the white supremacist attacks that occurred in August 12th weren't about the Robert E. Lee statue. In fact, it was about um, a history within our community, within our state, within our nation to a certain extent, in which I think we have forgotten uh, to a certain extent. I think that we sometimes believe that we are much further along than we actually are when you think about the election of President Obama. I think people thought that we were in this post-racial society without acknowledging the fact that there are still a lot of hateful and mean people who are still within our community. When you look at the fact that these individuals um, who decided to come to Charlottesville, their leaders have been very clear in saying that they believe that they wanted to take back what was theirs. They believe that Charlottesville, Virginia as a whole, is their city, is their town, is their state. And they are the dominant force. They are the dominant culture. They are the superior beings. And they believed that any kind of um, disruption to that ideology or an empowerment of any other groups of people, even if they look like themselves, um, is indeed uh, uh, something that, that makes them feel as if they're under attack. They believe that diversity is the equivalent to genocide. They believe that when we say that we're going to move statues, we're going to empower people, we're going to create equitable spaces, it makes them feel very threatened. And they have felt comfortable to be able to express their views by a variety of different things. So when I say, you know, it's not about a statue, it's about a multitude of things that led to August 12th and things that were taking place before August 12th, before um, we said that we wanted to move forward with moving the statutes back in March of 2016 before I got on council. This is generations and decades in the in the making, and it all came to a head on that day. But I believe that we are a much stronger community because of it, and we are, in fact, ground zero for the awakening. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think there are two things that are that are both true. One, that racism has always been alive and well here in Charlottesville, and most of those people on August 12, 2017, actually came here from far away. Are both of those right? Um, I think that your first point was right. Racism has always been prevalent, but I mean, we have to keep in mind, this is a, I mean, we're, we're literally celebrating this year 400 years of um, after the first enslaved African was bought to Jamestown here in Virginia. So, I mean, our, our, our state has been embedded with this systemic oppression for literally hundreds of years. 
And then to the second point in regards to these people weren't necessarily from Charlottesville. While I agree, many of them may not have been from the city. I mean, Kessler lived here in Charlottesville. He was a graduate of UVA. Richard Spencer is a graduate of UVA. I mean, a lot of the folks who were here were, in fact, from either Charlottesville, surrounding areas. Yeah, obviously, a lot of them came from places throughout the country. But I think it gives us an escape when we say, oh, those people aren't from here. That doesn't represent our community. When, in fact, I mean, there are people who share that ideology who live right here in our community. I can tell you this because I get Facebook messages, emails, letters to my home, and all kinds of stuff from people right here who share that ideology and tell me that I'm every kind of N-word that you can think of. So, right. I mean, yeah, while, again, a lot of them were from outside, many of them were from here. Well, it, it, I was interested in reading your book, Monumental, it was never about a statue, uh, that you were working on uh, what some people would call more substantive issues at the same time as working on trying to remove the statue. Uh, and it was yep. actually related to those issues that you brought City Council Member Bob Fenwick around and got to the three out of five votes needed to right. uh, to remove the statue. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, simultaneously while working on trying to get the statue removed, I was also working on what's become known as the equity package, which is a a nearly $4 million substantive uh, policy measure within the budget with, uh, with a variety of different budgetary implications, which include included money for schools, money for parks, um, the creation of different entities within city staff to be able to address some of the disparities with African-American males and African-American youth as a whole and their counterparts, uh, a, a litany of different things, job training programs, GED programs, and again, uh, money also for the African-American Heritage Center, Jefferson School African-American Heritage Center. So, yeah, we had a policy measure with, again, several different budgetary implications that we to the likes of which we haven't seen in Charlottesville before, and we were able to get that passed. I think Mr. Fenwick, while I think deep down he didn't want the statue to be there, he was also very uh, concerned about um, what substantive measures we can take in addition to the symbolic. And once he was able to see that we would get those budgetary measures through, then he was uh, confident in saying that he would be willing to vote with us to remove the statue. Yeah. Uh, I, I also think a, a lot of people will probably be surprised in reading your book, I, I mean, among many other things, by... Uh, or, or may not have known that you actually, when you were campaigning the first time for city council, held a campaign event in what was yeah. called Lee Park, and then yeah. got some got some pushback about that. Can you describe what happened? Sure. So I mean, that was actually my first uh, introduction to the history of what was then Lee Park, as well as the statue. It was 2013 um, when I first ran for council. I was 24 years old. And, um, you know, just a, a young man thinking that, <laughs> hey, let's have cookouts before it's the day, two days before the election. Um, I had had campaign cookouts throughout. And um, I said, hey, let's do one here at the park. It's close to downtown. We'll be able to tap into that population. He hadn't had one at that park. It was on a Saturday. And then I remember the following Sunday, the next day at church, there were a wide range of elders, African-American elders in our community, who very clearly stated to me that I didn't realize what I had done, and I didn't understand the history behind the statue as well as the park. 
And it was there in which they commenced to, to school me, or as my grandmother would say, they learned me um, about what truly had happened from their perspective in that park, about how people had had their faces slashed, people had been spat on, um, they were told never to step foot in the park, uh, how they despised the statue that was there, how they never, how they vowed to never go down there. And they just told me how foolish I was to actually have a campaign cookout there, and it truly showed that I didn't understand the community. So that was my introduction to understanding that there are a lot of people that may not be super vocal or be in positions in which they're, they're very loud about why they don't like the park, but there are indeed a lot of people who do not go to what was then Lee Park because of the statue and what that park represents. And that was, again, my introduction to understanding that, hey, uh, if, if the opportunity ever presented itself to be able to do something about it, then we need to, to think about it. We're speaking with Dr. Wes Bellamy, who is a member of city council here in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, Wes, it, it, I, I think a lot of people will also be surprised in reading your book at how you describe the events of August 12, 2017, uh, as having been mostly white people on both sides and how there was yeah. a big African-American event happening elsewhere in town simultaneously with lots of people just ignoring the whole thing that was that was national news. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was that was one of the things that was uh, uh, very interesting, for lack of a better term, to me. So, I mean, even if you see a lot of the footage that was from from downtown, on August 12th, uh, the fact of the matter remains is that it's a lot of, of our white, in my opinion, our white allies fighting against the white supremacists and standing up and using their privilege and sacrificing their bodies, using their voice to speak up and speak out against the hate. And, I mean, simultaneously at Thompson Park, there were about 200, maybe 250 um, black children and then maybe another 100 or 150 or so uh, adults doing a back-to-school bash and a giveaway with a DJ and food. And, I mean, it was it was very well protected and secured by um, different brothers from the community at the top of the park. But, I mean, they were, uh, again, making sure that they were going to take care of the community. There's a group of young brothers and sisters who, who put the event together. But, I mean, they were completely removed from what was transpiring downtown, and they were completely focused on the back-to-school bash and talking to many people, I mean, it was kind of this thing where in which they felt like this isn't necessarily our fight. These things have been going on in Charlottesville and our community forever. Uh, this was really more so eye-opening and awakening for a lot of white people who lived in our area because they didn't, or they may have been in denial that these things were still taking place. So, you know, the, the juxtapose and just the dichotomy of it all was, was very interesting and I think it's, it's a moment in history that we won't forget for a variety of reasons. I think your book it may also be eye-opening uh, for some people about the the performance of our then mayor, Mike Signer, who, if people saw the events in Charlottesville on TV, uh, might have thought that taking down the statue was his idea. Um, that that wasn't oh. <laughs> that wasn't quite the way it actually played out, was it? No, and I I didn't know that people 
thought that, but well, okay. that's that's, that's <laughs> the, the impression I think people might have gotten. For, for I haven't done a national survey, but from watching the TV coverage that day and the next day, yeah. and the way he was talking oh, okay. as the leader of the gotcha. resistance, you would think oh, okay. you would think that it was his idea to begin with, um, but it wasn't, was it? Yeah, no, um, you know, think there, uh, and Mike, and I, and I just also want to be be clear that you know, uh, I'm not sure how it came off in the book. Um, I'll be honest. I haven't read the book. I wrote. Well, I'm sorry. I did read. The, I did read the book. Um, I had to record the audio book, which will be coming out next week. And um, it's in my voice. So I read the book the one time when you know we're doing the the recordings of the audio book. Sure. This this book really came out because it was more so therapy for me. My therapist had suggested that I write about my feelings and what was going on and kind of get it off of my chest. So when I was writing it and kind of. Uh, I had some friends look over it and they said, hey, maybe you should turn this into a book and then we went to the editor and publisher and whatnot and they, you know, clean it up and whatnot. So I will say in its entirety, I haven't, haven't read the book. Although a lot of people have been saying to me they read it, they like it, they're learning a lot. So, you know, Mike, I, I don't want it to seem as if like Mike and I hate each other. We don't, I don't have any... Um, no, no, I didn't think will. that. Oh, okay, good. So, yeah, but Mike, I think Mike, his, his position in regards to the statue, um, he he really had uh, a, a position in which he wanted to figure out how to address the issue with the least amount of resistance as possible in regards to, like, he didn't want to create, um, he just didn't want to be forced into doing something that I don't think he wanted to do. And that's just my opinion. Uh, Mike's a very cerebral, very analytical guy. He can be sometimes risk-averse, as most attorneys are by training. And he didn't really want to jump into it, I think, the same way that I wanted to. And that's also okay. Um, and, you know, we just had different opinions about it. And I think, as you see in the book, as things continue to transpire, he uh, took his position and I took mine. And, it is what it is. He didn't really want the statue moved even after August 12th. He was kind of like, I don't, I still don't want it moved. But I think he came around after the the funeral of Heather Heyer, and that's when he first came to me and said, yeah, I'll vote. I would like to vote again to have the statue removed. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, to be clear for people outside of Charlottesville who may not know, the, the Lee statue and the Jackson statue uh, have never yet been moved and are, are still no. there. Uh, no. can, can you explain why they're still there? Yeah, so we're, we're currently in um, a legal battle about whether or not we'll be able to remove the statues. Uh, we actually go to court next week um, to... to here on the matter and whatnot, and we'll be hearing whether or not the, our local judge believes that we will be able to move the statues by law. Um, we've been arguing, and I think, in my opinion, it's rather clear that those statues were not are not war memorials. Um, Paul McIntyre, when he created the or when he when he made the Lee statue, he wrote very clearly in the deed. He didn't say anything about the Confederacy, nothing about the soldiers, the generals, any of that. He just said these are. Um, these are statues dedicated to my parents, and I want these to be these statues to be in the middle of the city, uh, basically to send a message to the community, but also in memory of my parents. So to me, the, it's, it's rather clear it's not a war memorial. However, um, we'll see what the judge says. I think whether or not he rules in our favor, 
or not, the decision will more than likely be appealed one way or another. Then I have to go to the state Supreme Court. So this will be a long battle that we're in for some time, and uh, we'll see what happens. They're, they're, uh, it's an interesting and new argument to me that they're not war memorials, and, and people should be aware that, that the law prevents moving, removing war memorials, not racist right. monuments, uh, right. as if you could have a non-racist war memorial. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, they are war figures in their uniforms on their horses with their swords. I mean, they, mm-hmm. lo- they look exactly like any other war memorial to me. I mean, I understand that. I understand uh, why some will say that, but I think, again, the fact remains that McIntyre was rather clear. He's a dedicated to my family. Yeah. And the, the Attorney General has also, you know, wrote an opinion in which he stated uh, that he believes that the law that is currently constructed does not apply to uh, these kind of memorials. And, in fact, that was more or less the motivation behind getting started. Governor McCullough vetoed a bill that was trying to retroactively uh, lump these memorials into the current law. And he said, no, he doesn't believe that that should be the case. And then we subsequently said, okay, well, let's pursue this. So I, I think it's important to, that you note that the state's attorney general has said that the law doesn't apply retroactively to before the law was created, banning the m- removal of war memorials, and therefore Charlottesville can remove it, or, or move to other places its its war memorials. Uh, I guess that's not sufficient to to go ahead and act on, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a very interesting piece. I'm not the attorney, and I'm not the one representing the city, so you know, we'll see how it plays out uh, next week in court, and then the the subsequent actions that transpire after. Okay. The 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 other question that I've always had in mind uh, uh, about this uh, this disaster of August twelfth, two thousand seventeen. Uh, is that this group of people, as you note in your in your book, had already engaged in violence in other cities around the country and were yeah. ra- rather openly threatening violence, and then engaged in violence the night before at the University of Virginia down the street. Uh, right. Why why was there no ability for anyone to to act even at that point and say? This this event is canceled the next day uh, when people are are armed and engaging in violence the night before and threatening violence for the following day. That's sufficient. This is canceled. Why why was that not possible? Well, you know, the federal as we talk about in the book, I was uh, actually amazed that the federal judge, in that represented by the ACLU, um, Kessler rather was represented by the ACLU. The federal judge stated that the the event had to go on. Um, It's a free speech matter, and even with the history of violence and the threat of public safety, they still believe that we should be able, or excuse me, that um, Kessler should and the United Right should still be able to have their rally. And for nothing else, that's why it took place in in what was in um, Lee Park for no other reason than that. That's I mean, excuse me, emancipation part. That's why it took place. We tried to. Um, not necessarily stop the rally, but move it to McIntyre. The judge said no, and that's what we had to abide by. It's 
I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that even the ACLU has, has more recently said that they will at least rethink their point of view. But isn't it rather insane to suppose that uh, an, an armed event threatening violence is a question of free speech? I mean, that seems as crazy to me as, you know, bribing politicians is free speech. Mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. And I was very sad <laughs> that that actually took place. But, hey, that's what happened, and we saw the, the end result. Yeah. The, now, the one-year anniversary, not much happened. Some people were Correct. afraid that something would happen. The whole yeah. city looked like a military camp again. Uh, but I was interested in the, the fact that on the one-year anniversary, the city banned every kind of weapon under the sun except guns. Uh, and we yeah. could talk about that absurdity. But why, why wasn't that done a year before? Why, why weren't torches and sticks and knives and every sort of weapon other than guns banned a year before? Yeah, well, I think that there are a, a lot of things that we could go back in 2017 and say that we should have done differently. Um, personally, I don't want to get into the tactical plans as of why this didn't happen and why that didn't happen. I wasn't uh, directly involved in the tactical plans. Um, and, and with that being said, hindsight is always 2020. Yeah, I'm glad that we got it right in 2018. I wish that some things would have been different in 2017. But again, you know, Everyone can say that X, Y, and Z should have been done differently, and I, I think I allude to that a little bit in the book. But you know, it, it, I, I'm just, I'm just. Um, when I think about that day, there are a lot of things that could have been done differently, and I think that's that's probably best for me to say. Yeah, um, do you do you share my belief that it's that it's wrong for the state government to prevent localities from banning guns from events? Oh, so I've been uh, to the state house and testified um, in committee meetings about why I believe that guns should be banned, not only from these kind of rallies, but also just from like public meetings, such as city council meetings and in and in uh, city halls and places like that. But they have been vehement in terms of uh, denying those bills and not even letting them get out of committee um, on a very party lined vote. Uh, so what's very interesting is that Republicans oftentimes stack these subcommittees where they know these bills about prohibiting gun use or prohibiting guns in certain buildings, venues, events. And the Republicans literally just vote and they come up with all these different excuses and say, no, we need to be able to have the guns there. Even after Heather Hyde was killed, we saw what transpired in Charlottesville with someone um, being shot at and all these individuals with AR-15s and these different guns and so forth. I still believe that the weapons should be there. So the only thing I can tell people to do is to get engaged, to vote, and to actually come down to the General Assembly when these votes are being, excuse me, when these uh, bills are being presented and exercise your right to vote. Yeah. The, uh, do, do you think that, that Charlottesville will ever put up a, a monument to peace or education or civil rights or women's rights or labor or environment oh, yeah. or anything other than wars? <laughs> do, do we have any monuments that aren't for a war? Yeah, well, the Jefferson School of African American Heritage Center is working on um, a sculpture slash memorial now. 
Um, and I know the city, we have uh, some plans to do some other things. I'm not at liberty to stay at the moment, but, but rest assured, uh, we have intentions of telling the full story. I, I, I would love to see uh, 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 some kind of a monument or memorial to Charlottesville's sister cities uh, and or some kind of a monument to peace. I mean, you, you guys on city council vote against wars, vote to tell Congress to move the money to, to human <laughs> needs and not to the military. Uh, but the whole city is full of war monuments and, and there's not one to peace. Do you think we could ever get one to peace? I hope so. And I think that, you know, again, we, let's let's continue to push and be vocal about the need for it. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think uh, about President, I hate to say that, Donald Trump's uh, conduct before and after this event? Uh, I mean, it, it, I think this is one of many impeachable offenses as well as possible criminal charges, the, the instigation of hateful, racist violence uh, by a, a president-to-be and a president? Well, I think that, uh, I think that, that 45 has been very intentional in terms of very methodical in regards to being able to embold a population of people who he knows will be very radical in regards to uh, expressing his views and the views in which he likes to represent. He's been very, very strategic in doing so. Um, Him saying that there were bad people on both sides was absolutely uh, just one of the most disrespectful things I've ever heard. When you think about people with guns and swords and shields literally coming there with intentions on harming and even uh, killing someone as they did, and then another group of people saying that we're going to be here to try and protect the, those from being hurt. Is, I don't know how you can make an equivalent to the two and say that they're good people on both sides. Uh, in any event, you know, if, if 45 wants to align himself with the David Dukes of the world who said clearly that they came there to fulfill the, the hopes of their president, right. the promise of their president, then that's on him. I mean, his behavior is his behavior. It's not going to change. He is who he is. I we've got just about a, a minute left, Wes. Spell me. Uh, I, I I have to ask you. It's been in in a little bit of the news lately, and I've got a petition going with hundreds of of Charlottesville signatures, uh, asking Charlottesville to not invest its money in either weapons manufacturers or fossil fuel producers. Uh, what do you think are the possibilities of, of the city making that change to more ethical investments? Yeah, I think it's something that I hope that we'll do. Uh, let's continue to explore the topic. Let's continue to get more information. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I think it's a, a basically an ethical thing to do, as you alluded to. So, you know, if we can make it happen, let's make it happen. I know it's a very complicated kind of situation on which um, – there's a lot of different ways in which the city spends its money. So, you know, it, it requires a little bit more exploration. But I appreciate you and I applaud you for bringing this before us. 
If we uh, usually to get things done, we have to bring a, a big petition and a crowd of people to a meeting, and then something happens at the next meeting. Is that is that is that is that what you recommend recommend to people? I, I, I'm going to stay out of that one. You're going to stay out of advising us. I'm going to stay out of that one. Okay. Well, we have been speaking with Dr. Wes Bellamy. Uh, his book, which you can pick up now, is called Monumental. It was never about a statue. Uh, and I guess the the audio book is coming out as well very soon. Yep, audio book next week. You can get the book on Amazon. You can also check your local Barnes & Nobles um, for the hardback copy. And uh, we have book signings. The book tour starts, kicks off right here in Charlottesville on Thursday, uh, January 10th. And we'll be going to a variety of different cities around the country. So hope to see you there. Is there a website or a Facebook or something for that? Yeah. Yeah, literally, you can um, check out westbellamyofficial.com, and you'll see the list of all of the book tour dates. You can also get your copy of the book there as well. And, you know, again, thanks for all the support. Wes Bellamy, thank you for coming on Talk Nation Radio. All right. Have a good one. You too. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.